Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Strip Back the Pages. Today, I'm very pleased to welcome back to the show our book reviewer, Steph Goodacre. Let's hear what she's got to tell us. So, Steph, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. How are you? Have you had a good week? Yeah, not bad. Good. Brilliant, brilliant. So, what genre of books are we looking at today? And who's the author? Uh, My favourite genre of books, murder and crime, and it's James Patterson. Ah, any particular reason why James Patterson? Uh, Because he writes so many different characters within his books, because they fall into different categories. Yeah. He has uh, Alex Cross, who is... A detective in Washington, but he's also a criminal psychologist. Right. Uh, He's got Michael Bennett, who's a detective in New York, who his backstory is he has 10 adopted children, Mm -hmm. but his wife unfortunately died, so he relies on Grandad to help look after them, or his uncle, actually. Right. And then there's my favourite one, which are uh, the Women's Murder Club which are really good. They're uh, four ladies. One's a detective. Yeah. One's the coroner. One's a lawyer and one is a journalist. And when Lindsay Boxer has a particularly tough murder case, they will sit in the back room of a restaurant and discuss it and talk about it and all jointly seem to point her in the right direction. Mm-hmm. He also writes another series about a private investigation company that deals with celebrities called Private. Right. And then there's the other one, NYPD Red. So depending on what you fancy. Mm. And I think the Women's Murder Club now is up to about number 24. So there's 24 books in the Women's Murder Club. Well, he's still writing. Yeah. Because he writes the majority of his books in conjunction with another writer. Right. He's uh, a very prolific author. Yeah, I mean, it sounds it. See, already, with your description of the Women's Murder Club, um, you can see the detail that goes into it. You know, sounds great. Yeah. Sounds brilliant. Each one of them, uh, you get their backstory. Yeah. Yeah, Lindsay Boxer has got married, she's got a baby, she's got a dog called Martha. Uh, Claire Washbourne, who's the coroner, mm. she's married with kids. Yeah. The other two don't have any children. One of them's engaged, but you sort of follow their their stories in between the murder. So again, it's it's the detail of the character development. Yeah. So important. Which is why I would much rather read mm. than go to the cinema. Yeah. Because you've got to imagine, you get a rough outline of what the husband or the kids look like, but you have to use your own brain. Whereas on the television or the cinema, it's all done for you, isn't it? Yeah. Now, you mentioned Alex Cross. Wasn't there a film or series of films made about him? I believe there have been three films made. Right. But uh, I've never seen any of them. I think there's been upwards of 30 Alex Cross books written so far. Right. I yeah. think there's one he's written in conjunction with another writer, but 95% of them are written just by James Patterson. Yeah. So how did you discover James Patterson? Actually, I was on holiday in Ibiza, visiting my son and daughter-in-law, 
and it was my daughter-in-law had a couple of his books and I'd run out of books so I borrowed them out the bookshelf and that was it. They are addictive. Yeah. But he also uh, writes a special series for, I wouldn't say kids, I'd say 10 to 14 year olds. Yeah, that's between the advanced mid-grade and young adult categories. Apparently it's because his own son didn't like reading and he wanted to encourage him. So it's great. Dad's a writer, writes some books for, yeah, perfect. They're also quite educational, which is a big word for an Irish woman like me. <laughs> um, the private series yeah, about the private investigators take place in different cities. There's private Delhi, private Moscow. And, of course, the details he puts into them about each city yeah. have to be accurate mm. because his books are read all around the world. Yeah. So if you're sitting in your kitchen in England or America with no hope of ever going to Delhi, in fact, no particular desire to go to Delhi, at least you will learn some facts that suddenly come to light when there's a quiz programme on the television and you answer something and then sit and think, how on earth did I know that? And you realise that's where it's sunk into the grey matter without you realising. Yeah. Again, as authors, we know the importance of research. Without research, it's got to be accurate. Well, of course it has. Otherwise, people will read half a book and think, well, might as well read a fairy tale and just put it down. Mm. Because it's irritating. Yeah. This is why I don't very often enjoy a film of a book I have read. Because I know how I've imagined it. I know what the book is, and quite often in the film, either to save money or because special effects don't work that easily, they change it slightly, and then that's it. I am really annoyed because I've been waiting for some particular thing to happen, and it doesn't. Yeah. Any examples? Stephen King. Yeah, I think we we discussed Stephen last time, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Another fabulous author. I mean, I, I can accept that Special effects, it would be very difficult to uh, kill somebody by riding over them in a sit-on lawnmower. That'd be fun to try. (laughs) Uh, So in the film, I I believe he was shot. Yeah. But no, that's not as much fun. No. Mind you, now, of course, I mean, they could do anything special effects-wise, but then, yeah, yeah, more difficult. Mm. Yeah. Special effects are amazing these days. Oh, I know. I mean... I couldn't understand why suddenly you were seeing kids sitting on park benches, sitting in town, walking around with a book in their face. Because ever since the famous five, kids went right off reading. You know, 10, 11, 12-year-olds who wouldn't be seen dead reading a book. Then Harry Potter was born. Mm. And one of his books came out when I was a taxi driver still. And the queue outside Smith's, because it was being launched at midnight. Yeah. And Smith's was opening specially. Now, I live in a small market town in the East Midlands, and yet there was a huge queue outside that shop, and parents were then sort of steering their children on the way home because the kids already had the book open and were trying to read it with a torch. Yeah. And it was lovely to see. I even went and bought one. Because I wanted to see what had suddenly triggered them mm. 
And I must admit, I watched a couple of the films and they're amazing. Yeah. Unfortunately, now the kids go to the pictures and they don't pick up the book. So now this is interesting. So you've read some of the Harry Potter books. Yeah. You've seen the films. Do you still prefer the book? Yeah. Yeah. I love a book Mm. because it goes with you. Yeah. I mean, that's the other good thing about James Patterson books. Mm. All the chapters are very short. Right. So if you're sat in a taxi waiting for the office to tell you about a job, you're reading, they give you a job, you've only got maybe two pages to finish before you can go and do the pickup. Yeah. And uh, it fits in nicely. Brilliant. So roughly how many chapters per James I've never Patterson? bothered counting. You just mm. want to get to the end, you know, and... You can read Tucked Up in Bed. This is why I'd much rather have a paperback book. Yeah. I don't want to see it on the television. Mm. When you're in bed, I mean, I will admit, you quite often fall asleep while you're reading. If you have a Kindle, that's going to hurt when you drop it on your nose. (laughs) Uh, Hardback's the same. Yeah. Nice old paperback, snuggled down. That's my idea luxury. Mm. With the Harry Potter books... What really grabbed my attention was, like you said, the children were reading them mm. and then the parents read them, the grandparents read them. Yeah. It, it obviously brought reading back to a higher that agenda. generation. Mm. Whereas my younger grandson, he watches the films. He does not read the books because mm. he's nine. So he was too young when it all kicked off. You know, in fact, he may not even have been born. Yeah. Now, you were saying that... With James Patterson, he does a lot of writing with other authors. So do you know who he's written with? Yeah, there's a lady called Maxine Petro that usually co-writes, I think she does all of the Women's Murder Club was with him. Right. Now, there's some of the others, uh, they vary who he writes with. Mm. But, uh, I mean, he's a very busy man. Right. Because he's also appeared on television. Go on. In a television series called Castle. Yes, I've heard of it. It's about an author who he's working with a lady detective because he's friends with the chief of detectives and he wants to go around and see how they work a murder case. He actually annoys the hell out of her. But he also plays poker with a group of his friends. And twice, I think... James Patterson has been at the poker table on this programme. You know, it, I suppose it, it gives authors a laugh mm. where they can be, be seen and yet a lot of people won't recognise them. Yeah. I mean, I like Lee Child's books. I've no idea what he looks like. James, I know James Patterson lives in Florida. Right. I know his son's about, he must be about 14, 15 now, I think. So. I should imagine because... He has been the most borrowed author from libraries every year for about the last three years. He would have to be vaguely careful about keeping his private life private because there's always nutters. Sadly. And he writes about nutters, you know, so... With some of his murders, does he go into really deep detail or...? Oh, yeah. So it's pretty graphic then? Yeah, you can pick up tips. (laughs) (laughs) I have a list. <laughs> has, he, has he written The Perfect Murder yet? Or how to commit The Perfect Murder? No, not quite. I'm working on finding out. But, you know, <laughs> it's like they say, be careful how you irritate older people. 
a life sentence doesn't mean that much to us. Yeah, I like it. Tell me about Michael Bennett, the Michael Bennett series. Michael Bennett series, he is a New York detective and his wife worked for the American equivalent of social services and he has 10 adopted children of all colours and nationalities that she wanted to adopt and then unfortunately she died. Right. So his house is sort of like in a permanent state of chaos but there's his uncle who's a priest he helps, and then he's got Mary Catherine as the housekeeper, who I think eventually he'll end up marrying. Right. The last one I read, it was looking promising. But then in the Alex Cross books, he has two a son and a daughter by his first wife, yeah. who died. Then he has a son by his second wife, uh, who left him because she couldn't cope with, they were getting death threats and everything. Right. And he lives in Washington with his grandmother, who is known as Nana Mama. That's nice. And she does all the cooking and everything. And the last Alex Cross one I read, his son was away at college and came home for the holidays with his girlfriend. So you you get involved. You can picture the family Mm. as well. And his partner is one of the family as well. Yeah. So does James give a good description of the characters, you know, how they look, how old they are? You tell the age. Obviously, Alex Cross is Afro-American. Yeah. He gives vague descriptions of his children and he'll say how pretty his daughter looks, but not not in too much detail, so it gets lets you use your imagination, yeah. mm. you know, which yeah. I like. I mean, and any good book will do. Yeah. But then there's the definition of good books, isn't there? True. You know, in those dim and distant days when I was at school, we were given one book per year, an RO level course, that we had to read. And our teacher's idea was you read one chapter and then the following week you would go in and discuss it and talk about the characters. That is not my way of reading the book. I got the book and by the following week, I'd read it all, but unfortunately, some of the books were um, probably classed in the 60s as sensible good books, but I found a couple of them really boring. Oh dear. Mm, we don't yeah. want those. <laughs> no. You know, they d- didn't bear any, I mean, Pride and Prejudice. I was 14. Yeah. You know, you're into the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, the Kinks. You want to read Pride and Prejudice about as much as you want to gouge your eyes out with a rusty razor blade. <laughs> and what was the other one? Uh, oh, God, now we're pushing it. Taylor Two Cities, that wasn't too bad. Anna Pavlova. Oh, dear. Clear the fog. Under the Greenwood Tree. Yeah. And I can't remember the fifth one. It was so fascinating. <laughs> Steph, as we were preparing for this, you said that James did a lot to help other writers and readers. James Patterson seems to do a lot to encourage other writers. Yeah. He also does a lot to encourage readers, especially children's readers. He uh, donates to a fund. 
here in the UK to encourage children's reading. Brilliant. Um, he's also written uh, a lot of standalone thrillers. Yeah. Plus some non-fiction and, believe it or not, a couple of romances as well, although I've never been that interested in reading them. <laughs> and give me a good old murder any day. Yeah. So can you tell us about one of his standalone thrillers? I've just finished one called The Two Sisters Detective Agency. Now, whether that's going to develop into another character, that there are more than one book, or whether it's going to be a standalone one, yeah. remains to be seen. It was, uh, it was a good book. But my, my next book to read is yet another women's murder club, because I do enjoy that. What is it about those you really like? I just enjoyed the descriptions, the interaction between the characters mm. and how four women managed to solve something way quicker than 20 men can, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's written so many books. How many books has he written? Oh, Lord knows. Mm. You know, he's uh, apparently he is the most prolific and successful author ever. So... Mm. Uh, and I, I don't know how old he is, but mid-50s. Right. Possibly. Yeah. So he could be writing for another 20 years. Yeah. In fact, should we look it up? Yeah. Let's have a look on Google. What oh, thank would, God for Google. What would we do without Google? Right. <laughs> so this is live. This is live, folks. Let's have a look at James Patterson on Wiki. This is fun. There we are. Born March 22nd, 1947, American author. Oh, so he's five years older than me. Thing is, you don't look or sound it. You sound a lot younger. Oh, stop creeping. <laughs> yeah, he's 75. Yeah, James, if you're listening, one of your fans thinks you're 20 years younger. That can't be bad. It just goes to prove if you keep your brain active. Yeah. You're as old as you want to be. Very true. Mind living in Florida must help. Mm. Yeah, don't exactly get snow and ice and you might get hurricanes, but you could disappear inland when they're arriving, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, So what else can you tell us about James? Not a lot, apart from the fact that he writes brilliant books. That, you know, they keep your attention. They make you use your brain. Yeah. You know, so, uh, which is good. Yeah. Probably explains why a lot of people just sit in front of the telly. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's not as much reading these days as there was, no. what, 30, 40 years ago. No. So it needs, I mean, it needs used encouraging. To, people used to, they'd regularly go to the library. Yeah. Every week, it'd be two books out the library, take them back the following week, get another two. Mm. Oh, now, no. I know in our library, the charity people you see are students. Although I must admit, I haven't been in the library for years. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I also remember us talking about um, charity shops. I think you said you got some of your books I from charity shops. I get them shops. from uh, charity shops, Amazon, mm. all over the place. Yeah. I can't remember which one it was, but I'm sure there was a series that you, you got a couple from charity shops, enjoyed those, took them back for others to, to read, yeah. and then bought the new books. Yeah. I've just bought... Uh, Three Women's Murder Club ones. Ah. Numbers 20, 21 and 22. During one of our planning chats, 
you said that next time you were going to do a full review of one of James's books. Any idea which one yet? Either 20, 21 or 22 in the Women's Murder Club, depending on when I'm on next as to how far I've got. Okay. Well, I think we're aiming sometime in the new year. Which which would be yeah, absolutely brilliant. You know, unfortunately, I've got people to feed at Christmas. And yeah, are you are you ready for Christmas? I've got my grandkids' presents. Nobody else really matters. <laughs> yeah, you got some brilliant grandkids. I know. I'm... In fact, you got some great you got some great lads as well. Obviously, oh, my two sons then. are uh, my one good achievement in life. Wouldn't swap them for every lottery win in the world. Well, there's been more than one good achievement, but that's another story. Um, if you're referring to the people I've helped out, no, my two sons are my two great achievements. Yeah. They are both hardworking, mm. honest, yeah, and absolutely fantastic dads. Mm. And I've got three brilliant grandkids. Yeah. The eldest one is so funny. Master of the one-liner. And he's only 15. Right. It is scary what he's going to be like in another 10 years. <laughs> I'm just very glad he loves Nana. Yeah. Yeah. The younger grandson, he's not bad at the one-liners. Sometimes he borders on cheeky. <laughs> uh, and uh, my granddaughter's just beautiful. She doesn't have to do anything. Brilliant. She's my princess. Yeah. But is it always nice to hear about happy families? And, you know, it is. It's just... I didn't say we were happy. I just said they were brilliant. (laughs) They (laughs) are. Anybody who goes, oh, we're such a happy family, that's probably when the murder comes in, (laughs) you know. I mean, it's like a sad fact of life. The calls to the Samaritans nearly double Christmas week. Mm. Because on the television, it's all... Happy families, you know, you see on the telly, mum's bringing the perfect meal on the table, dad's carving the turkey, the kids are sat playing with their toys. Reality is, mum's stressed out in the kitchen because mother-in-law's sticking her nose in all the saucepans, (laughs) saying my son doesn't eat that. Uh, Dad and granddad have gone to the pub for a quick pint. Yeah. Uh, and the kids are fighting because nobody's given them the batteries for the toys they've got as Christmas presents. You know, n- nobody manages, t- unless they've got a fleet of servants, to dish up the perfect Christmas dinner yeah. on a perfectly laid table with immaculate hair and nails that haven't seen the inside of a turkey being stuffed in <laughs> centuries. You know, it, it life's not like that. Mm, true. And... Unfortunately, if somebody sat at home on their own, yeah, watching that, they think they're the only person that isn't like that. Whereas, if you met somebody whose life was that perfect, you'd probably slap them. <laughs> yeah. Now, what is it about? Because obviously, yeah, you love your 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 murder mysteries. What is it about that genre that you so like? It's not. Only murder mysteries I, I read. I'll read autobiographies and biographies. And uh, when my kids were younger, and really annoying, uh, <laughs> I used to read Mills and Boone because they were those kind of books that you knew at the end of it they were going to live happily ever after. 
you could pick up, read a couple of pages, put it down, forget about it for three days and pick it up and you hadn't lost anything. Mm. Whereas with a James Patterson, it's probably a good job my kids had left home by the time I discovered him. Right. Otherwise, they could have gone hungry. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you said Mills and Boone. My mum used to read a lot of Mills and Boone. Yeah, they're easy to read. Mm. Uh, there used to nearly always be one in the kitchen, stand there stirring something, having a read. Because although in saying that, you also pick up a lot of geographical and weird facts from them. Because just as much as James Patterson has to do research, a Mills and Boone writer has to as well. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. even if it takes place in this country, if they're saying something, some romances in Edinburgh, they've got to go up there and or get somebody who comes from there to tell them geographical points, yeah. facts, whatever. Yeah. Because if they put one wrong one in, it's going to be spotted. Oh, it's so true. One of the first pieces of advice I was ever given by an author I was talking to was the most important thing is research. You've got to get the research right. And it is so true. The question being, you like writing science fiction. Yeah, yeah, science fiction. So how do you do research about outer space? Because what I do is, a lot of it is, like I say, it's sci-fi. So I look at the theoretical possibilities. So if it's theoretically possible, then it can go in. If it's totally impossible, then it will not go in. Ah, but what was impossible 100 years ago is now possible. True. But our our general ruling is, if it's theoretically possible, then, yeah, it's allowed. I I can remember years ago now, thinking about my grandma. Yeah. And the things she had seen, invented, and come to be just run-of-the-mill. Yeah. In her lifetime. And the one thing she would not accept and t- absolutely terrified her was flying. Right. And yet she'd travelled from America to Ireland on a ship with some bloke up the mast spotting icebergs. Now that is my idea of terror. But any time any of our family were flying anywhere, we had to ring her as soon as we landed. Right. Because she just could not accept that at all. Vacuum cleaners, fridges, automatic washing machines, she dealt with them. But flying, no. <laughs> driving, I mean, she was she was some lady. Uh, she used to drive all over Ireland with two or three kids in the car, touring round to show them the country for a week at a time in the days when you had to plan where you were going according to where there were petrol stations because right. there weren't that many. I mean, we're talking 1920s. Right, yeah. And that didn't bother her at all. But get on a plane, no. (laughs) And she only ever watched television once. Right. But she always listened to the archers. Did she? Oh, yes. It was on the radio, but you were still sat on the edge of your seat. I think that's what got me into thrillers and, and stuff. Yeah. I was listening to it because you, again... You, have, you might have the sound effects, yeah. but you've got to use your imagination. Mm. Now, as you know, I'm reworking The Boy Who Cried Wolf that I spoke about in the very first episode, and I'm asking guests and listeners to suggest a genre. So what do you think? Now, here's the choice. Crime, romance, sci-fi, fantasy or horror? Mm. And I'm going to present it as an audio immersive experience. 
Now, you could really play around with the romance one. Right. And bring in social media, dating agencies, and how some people portray themselves as one thing, but really aren't at all. But there again, that could also tie in with murder. Uh, I mean, that was going to be the next question. What about making it cross-genre? Well... So you could, you, you could have romance and murder. I mean, how many women are murdered mm. by their partners? Yeah, true. Much higher number than the number of men who are mur- murdered by their partners. Yeah. Really should even the odds somehow yeah. or other. Yeah, I mean, it does happen though, sadly. Mm. Yeah, but I think there's a few more men deserve to die. <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> but do I keep that bidding or not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm too old. No, you're not. Ah... Anything else that you can think of to share with our wonderful listeners? Uh, you've just used that word, think. I am Irish, you know. Don't, don't, <laughs> you know. Do not expect me to strain. Uh, I think we've about covered the subject of Mr. Patterson and I can get on with reading his books. Mm. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Not at all. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been fun. And I look forward to the book you choose next time. All right, then. So until then, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So that's it for this week. If you want to explore the works of James Patterson yourself, simply go to his website at jamespatterson.com. I'll put that link in the show notes. Next week, I'm hoping to have something very special. Plus, of course... I will be announcing some NaNoWriMo winners, which I'm really looking forward to doing. As usual, you can contact me via email at stripbackthepages at gmail.com and on Twitter at stripbackpages. So once again, thank you for listening. This is your host, NJ, signing off.